1: Every once in a while, we gotta
2: f-
0: the religious people.
1: There are 720 churches in Charlotte. I'm sure we can find one where you can stuff your face. Shut up. Quit pointing out the problem. Men will be
0: proud, arrogant, abusive. You watch some of today's rock star pastors, and you will see every characteristic Paul listed played out in vivid detail on the church stage. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Frio.
2: Hello, it's Witness Wednesday. This is Wretched Radio. We are a georgia tech apparently it is a perfect day to be witnessing on the campuses because it seems that business is picking up there are people everywhere and i think there's something going on because there's some older people here with weird hats there are some women they look like maybe they're wearing amish hats maybe some sort of mennonite thing going on ladies excuse me what's what's going on on campus today
3: Today we're having a Darconia World Federation Conference.
2: What does that mean?
3: Uh, It means uh, we have three regions where deacons and deaconesses are coming together to have their conference.
2: From the Methodist Church?
3: No, from different churches. I'm coming from United Church of Zambia in Zambia. There are Methodist churches, there are Lutheran churches, there are Presbyterian churches, all Protestants.
2: Fascinating. So, Protestant, and and I'm sorry. What are you? What type of Protestant are you?
3: I'm from the United Church. The, the all the Protestant churches came together to make the United Church of Zambia.
2: The United. Okay. So, what are they? Conservative, liberal, progressive. What is the United Church of Zambia?
3: The United Church of Zambia is a church. Alice, uh, can you help me on that one? It's a church with uh, which uh, which came into reunion. Re- Union 1965, 1965, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, with a lot of churches Presbyterian Church, Methodist Church, uh, Paris Evangelical, and some other free church. Yeah, they came together and made one church which is called United Church of Zambia.
2: And you are a deaconess, I'm right? I'm a deaconess. What does that mean?
3: I'm a deaconess as a social worker in the church, serving the church and the community. Usually I'm working with the people with HIV and AIDS, and the aged, and the orphans.
2: Is a deacon different or a deaconess different than being a pastor?
3: It is different, yes.
2: Could you Uh, be a pastor?
3: No, my calling is for a deaconess.
2: Could a woman be a pastor in this denomination that you're talking about?
3: Yes, we have a lot of them, and one bishop, woman bishop we have.
2: And a woman bishop. Yes. So it's probably more progressive. Yeah, it is, yes. All right. Yeah. Tell, tell me then, my progressive friend, tell me, what is the gospel?
3: The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. We talk of Jesus Christ, how he came into the, this world to redeem everybody, to redeem every, you know, human being.
2: So uh, redeem, what does that mean to redeem?
3: To have, to have life. Eternal life.
2: I think I've got life right now.
3: Yes, you have life. Maybe you don't know Jesus Christ, then you might you might not have eternal life.
2: So I'm what happens if I don't know Jesus?
3: You might not have it. You'll not have eternal life until you know Jesus Christ.
2: Okay. I'm from Timbuktu. Okay? And I don't know Jesus. Where am I what's gonna happen to me when I die?
3: Oh, then you you don't have a place in heaven.
2: Well don't am I die. going to hell?
3: Yes, you're going to hell.
2: Well you say that so yes, emphatically. It yes it is. Have and you th- spent much time in America? Not very much. They'll they'll you know what you could get in big trouble for talking like that in America. Please no, I don't want to <laughs>
3: I don't want to be in trouble.
2: <laughs> I'm here for very Christ. judge very judgmental.
3: Is it no? I'm saying the truth and the truth will set me
2: free. Are there a lot of people in Africa who preach the gospel that if you become a Christian you'll become rich?
3: Not really If you are a Christian You are a Christian Not that when you become a Christian You become rich No you. Yes you can be rich Within your heart Because you know Christ If you know Christ Then you are rich
2: Okay What? So what must I do To go to heaven? Repent
3: What does that and mean? believe in Christ Repent Come out of your sins
2: Do I, do I Can I just change my mind? Do I need to stop sinning? Is that what you're telling me?
3: Yeah you can change your mind know Christ uh, believe in him then you you'll be redeemed thank you, you very much Born again and
2: born again wow, so. You're, so you're one of those ladies thank you very much carry on well she used the R word and now we know what's going on on campus and why these women are wearing these hats we've got to go figure that out oh now wait a second there are some women a lot of women here. This is, this is this is far more female driven than it is than it is male driven. There are some women who are wearing habits, and there are women who look like they're nurses with their with with their hats on. So let's find out what's going on here, shall we? Some sort of conference going on at Georgia Tech. Who knew? Ladies, may I ask you a question on the radio? I'm just I. There's a big conference going on, correct? From all over all over the all over the world. What are, what are you doing here?
4: Um, we are Egyptian. We are the only Egyptian sisters from all over the world, Deaconesses. And we are, we belong also to the Orthodox Church, Coptic Orthodox Church, which is the only representative in this Diaconia. We meet every five years um, to share uh, our our communities, and to uh, strengthen one another, and to bring... uh, the message back to our countries.
2: Tell tell me, what does what is what makes a Coptic Christian different than, say, Roman Catholic?
4: Uh, Coptic means Egyptian. That is number one. And Orthodox that means that we belong to the first church in the world, which is the first of Saint Mark the Evangelist, who brought the Christian faith to our country in the year 52 after Christ.
2: Are there differences theologically between Coptic Christian and Roman Catholic?
4: There is a lot of differences. Give me the big one. (laughs) The uh, infallibility of the Pope, that is number one. We we are failing people. We are sinners, all of us. So we we will never claim that somebody, in human being, a uh, physical being would be infallible in front of the
2: Lord. Except Jesus. Except Jesus Christ, of okay. course. And then what does a Coptic Christian teach about salvation? What must I do to be saved?
4: You, uh, you, you must first accept the Lord. Believe. Believe and then if when you believe, you are baptized. You are born again. Then you practice this belief. First of all, you accept. Salvation is of everybody in the world. But uh, it depends upon you accept or do not accept.
2: And do I have to be baptized to go to heaven?
4: Yes, because this is the Christian, uh, the the Jesus message. He said in the gospel according to St. John, and it is in many other parts, that you need to be born again.
5: Mm -hmm. And being
4: born again, in our dimension, also in our practice, we are immersed into the water. We are not sprinkled over. So
2: you would consider baptism to be a means of salvation?
4: No, it is rebirth. You are born again, but still you have to live in the faith and accept the Lord.
2: as As a Coptic Christian, if you are not baptized, will you go to hell?
4: We do not know hell or heaven, but we know that that this is the theology and this is okay. the practice of our faith. All
2: right. So, are there are there any other distinctives between Coptic Christianity and Protestant Christianity?
4: Yeah, as I said in the beginning, I say it again that we belong to the first church who
2: had theolo- theologically. Um,
4: yeah, theolo- If you say theolo, it, it is. It's not only theology which uh, make us different, it is also the practice of our faith and the tradition which we take it over from the Bible, uh, which is related to the practice of the faith.
2: For a, Com- for a Coptic Christian, is it the Bible plus and tradition that you use for your doctrine?
4: Our tradition is a biblical tradition.
2: Not plus tradition?
4: No, no. It's The tradition, the Protestant may think that we have the Bible separate from the tradition. Our tradition is biblical tradition.
2: All right. Ladies, thank you very much. Appreciate it very much. much. I appreciate it very much. Well, who knew that we were going to stumble into a little international lesson today? She didn't use the word repent. That's a bit of a bummer. By the way, when we were talking to the women from the deaconesses from Africa, the word repent, fascinating little word. There's a lot of people who say that just means to change your mind. And they say it like, well, people can change their mind, but they can't change their direction, which is really what biblical repentance means. You need to have a different attitude about yourself, about God, about your sins. Turn from your sins, not in perfection, but in direction. And a lot of these days, the evangelicals these days say, you can't do that, but you can change your mind. But when you stop to think about it, can a mind at enmity with God change itself? We seem to have created a bit of a false distinction as if somehow changing our mind was easier than changing our direction and it's not easier it's impossible God has got to do that for us so for the people who make this distinction in repentance like oh yeah well people just have to change their mind well just just they're at enmity with God they can't just do that At any rate, we're on the campus of Georgia Tech. Oh, this this could be fun today. By the way, the ladies that we just spoke to, the Coptic Christians, they were wearing long—they were women, deaconesses, apparently. I don't know if they'd call themselves nuns, but they were wearing long gray down to the floor— type of dresses and they had a habit on top of their head all right when we come back it's witness wednesday prepare yourself for a complete bomb todd it already has been why because in the past i've been saying we don't need any sort of shtick to start a witness encounter you can just walk up to somebody and start witnessing to them so guess what i didn't bring any shtick you know what that means crash we will continue at georgia tech it's witness wednesday this is wretched radio Cool, very cool. The Tomorrow Clubs now have 106 clubs in Romania. This year
4: marks the celebration of the 25th anniversary of our ministry.
6: But also, it is a very important milestone for Tomorrow Clubs Romania. Now, Tomorrow Clubs Romania 106
2: that means 106 villages are hearing the gospel proclaimed to the kids who get saved they bring the gospel home parents get saved and local churches get strengthened would you please consider supporting the tomorrow clubs not only do they have hundreds of clubs in Romania Ukraine Russia Albania all over eastern europe and now in africa would you please consider what might you do to bring the gospel to both africa and eastern europe tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched
1: if you happen to miss the debut of the transform podcast with dr greg gifford here's what you missed if god revealing himself is transformative well, then how do I practically see God? The good news is you can listen anytime you want at transform.org slash podcast or any podcast platform. Brand new episodes debut every Saturday morning with Dr. Gifford tackling issues that we all encounter, but using only the Bible as the Sabbath. It's biblical counseling, it's transformed, and it will take you from brokenness to wholeness transformed and all of our resources are only possible because of the generosity of our gospel partners i encourage you to head over to wretched.org slash donate if you're not already a wretched gospel partner that's where you'll find answers because i know you have questions that's wretched.org slash donate and don't forget to check out the transformed podcast with dr greg gifford anywhere podcasts
2: are heard how's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home, would you please visit MediShare.com slash wretched, affordable, biblical health sharing, Christians paying for other Christians' medical bills, which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for mm, bad stuff. Second of all, you can save on average $500 per month. And finally, MediShare, It's the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years. It works, and the members, including myself and Mrs. Friel, love it, which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance. If inflation has got you down, call up the people at MediShare, 844-34-BIBLE or MediShare.com
0: slash wretched. Dates in Christian history. 1727. A spiritual awakening at Hernhut, Germany, launches the Moravian Brethren as the forerunner of modern Protestant missionary movements. This 300 member group sent missionaries to Asia, Africa, North and South America, and the Arctic. This is Wretched Radio
2: with Todd Frio. We are here at Georgia Tech. It's Witness Wednesday. Hey, dude, can I talk to you on the radio for a second? Are you from here?
6: Yeah, I live here. Do you have an accent? Yes, I do. Where are you from? Lebanon. I am fascinated.
2: Tell me about Lebanon. What is life like there?
6: It's a lot like here, except they speak a different language. Is it safe there right now? To tell you the truth, media makes things much worse than they really are. It's safe? For the people, yeah.
2: So I, I could I could go to downtown Lebanon and I'd be okay at night having dinner with my wife and kids.
6: There is... Uh, Around this summer, it's expected to be over a million visitors, not Lebanese, just foreign tourists. Visits,
2: tourists. So it's safe there. Tell me, politically, who's in charge right now?
6: And that's the thing about Lebanon. We have two groups like Republicans and Democrats, and instead of having one of them in charge, they're both in charge at the same time. Equally. So Almost equally. Um, what are the two political parties? The elections uh, choose pra- practically the prime minister, and then the prime minister creates a government that is that equally represents both sides from ministers.
2: All right. So would you call it a democracy?
6: Uh, definitely yes. Okay.
2: Who are the 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 two basically the two sides, the two political parties? Conservative, liberal. Is it
6: religious-based? Well, it used to be 30 years ago religious-based. Today, what it is, it's very... um, Actually, I think it's funny because old enemies became allies today. So it's actually um, representing half the government, which is pro-West the USA and France and Saudi Arabia, um, are Muslims and Christians. And the other half, which is with Syria and Iran, um, are also Muslims and Christians.
2: All right, so it's, it it crosses religious divide. Yes. Speaking of religion, what is the religious breakdown?
6: There's uh, 13 different religions in the country. The did they get along? To a certain extent, the people do. Let me tell you something. The, 30 years ago, that we had the largest civil war in the history of the country, which destroyed the whole country and was a result of, I mean, more than half the people leaving the country. That result in today the people don't want to fight you know they want to have peace except the political leaders like any other corrupted system would want more power so they're trying to use that their own benefit the political leaders might threat you know to use weapons on the ground or you know stuff like that but the truth is the people themselves they don't want that from either side you know they just want to live
2: so are the religions getting along
6: oh yeah definitely and, oh yeah and what are you uh i am a muslim
2: you're a Muslim. Yes. What does it tell me, simply? I'm curious about Islam. What do I need to do to be a good Muslim?
6: Well, to start off with Islam, is the meaning of the word Islam is means peace. So, to start off from that, you need to be peaceful. The
2: people that we see typically, that we've been seeing in the news lately, that are Muslims, don't seem very peaceful.
6: Are they bad Muslims? Very, very true. And especially that we're in the South, I'd like to attract that... Not long ago, we had Christians that supported something called the KKK. Are those good Christians? Well, according to what I see today, I'm a person from outside that box. I'm neither black nor white. So I hear from my Christian friends that those guys misrepresented Christianity, and they did not use it in the way it was supposed to be.
2: So your opinion is that the Muslims that are blowing up people when they're sitting in a restaurant in downtown Beirut, they are not following the Quran. Is that what you're saying?
6: They are... Okay, their leaders are either misinterpreting the Quran or changing it, which is definitely blasphemy. That's okay. for one. I
2: have to tell you something, my friend. You might be the first Muslim that I bumped into who is willing to say that those Muslims are wrong.
6: Um, I'll, you'd actually be very surprised because the problem with the Muslims that are in America today, they feel like they're under pressure all the time that they have to stand together. Unfortunately... Actually, uh, to a certain extent, I could even say, fortunately, to, to the bad result that it is, but the same people that are making the bombs in America are making the bombs back home. So technically, they're blowing up their own people before they blow up anybody else in the world.
2: Are you a practicing Muslim? To a certain extent, yes. To what extent? What are you doing as a Muslim?
6: Well, I mean, I don't take everything to the word. I think God wants us to take the idea behind it. I don't drink, I don't gamble, I pray, I fast Ramadan. Three to five times a day, I try to pray as much as I can. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I can't, so I make it up at night, you know, before I go to sleep. What must
2: I do to go to heaven?
6: I'll tell you something, our Prophet, um, he instructed us not to judge on that. It's not our telling, it's God. For the matter of fact, we know people that don't even believe in God, yet it's written in the Quran that they will go to heaven, because one of them... Everybody's going to heaven? Not everybody, but the good ones. So we actually...
2: So you have to be good to go to heaven. Definitely. Even if you don't believe in Allah.
6: Allah is not a person, it's not a creature. Allah is the belief in something greater than yourself. The Buddhas, they might have a different perspective of a greater thing. But you think
2: it leads ultimately to Allah. Exactly. Okay. Have you been good enough?
6: Uh, Personally, I don't feel like I'm a good enough person to judge myself or anybody else. Well, you can judge yourself. I can say 50-50, you know, I'd leave it to chance, uh, to God's mercy. So,
2: if, if God, whether it's tree Buddha or Allah, is just, can he be merciful if you've done wrong? Oh yes, definitely. Isn't that, isn't that a corruption of
6: justice? No, I mean. See, like imagine,
2: imagine this, all right. Let's say yeah. that guy right there—he's on trial, okay. and he's and he's fifty-fifty. He's broken half the laws, okay? okay. And I'm a judge. If I just say, ah, I'm going to let him go. I okay. like his shirt. Yeah. That wouldn't be just, would it? Uh, that but wouldn't s- even be merciful. That would ju- that would be a corruption but see, of justice. Th- that's
6: the thing that we believe. We believe that. If the best person on earth, including our prophet, best person ever to to come to live, to come to uh, to this beautiful earth, if he did everything hundred percent correct as the Quran says, and then he went up to the heavens and asked, and God asked him, "Would you like me to judge you based upon your actions or my mercy?" And he said, "Upon my actions, he would go to hell." Why? Because God's mercy, He gave us the. Sight, he gave us to be able to well, see. Wait a
2: second, why would somebody go to hell if they haven't done anything wrong?
6: Because it's it, the, the thing that he has done wrong, which is worse than anything else, is actually think that what he has done on earth is worth more okay, than so God's then, mercy. So then he hasn't been perfect, no, he's been prideful, exactly. And the thing is, is everybody's selfish, including okay, those so that you do don't know if you're going to heaven or hell, do you? No, but I do my best, but you've only done 50 50. Uh, that's how I judge myself. yes. Yeah, and, and I how, place myself under God's mercy.
2: Okay, but you don't know how He's going to act that day, do you?
6: Uh, see, God I doesn't have that doesn't have a different day. Every day to okay, us, but you, to but him whatever just, it is, you don't know. No, you don't. And I would be horrified of that. But, but see, this is the thing: you would be horrified. I respect that. I'm not. I, I don't well, you can respect it, but it would still be scary Of course, that's the point So and you're scared th- That's the difference between somebody who doesn't mind God And would go rape people and kill them and ravage them and steal And somebody who's actually afraid of God and wouldn't do these things To us, God's uh, existence yeah, yeah, okay. is much greater than any law Okay, Okay. so you, you obey the laws out of fear Out of respect and fear of God, yes, definitely
2: Okay, because you're afraid you'd go to hell Yes, and that's why I'm selfish in that case. Okay, let me ask you, what what do you know about the Christian way of going to heaven or hell? What does Christianity teach?
6: I mean, I have my share of Christian friends or even Jews who don't even believe in hell for that case. Or a lot of different um, uh, religions. Christianity, I believe they are very actually close to our belief. But the thing with Christianity is there's so many different sects that I believe different ones believe. I'm a a Christian. Okay. But you just we're not even sorta close. See that's the thing. Um, For example, I'll give you my uh, an example. I know a lot of Christians, especially in Lebanon. Um, Some of them are Catholic and they believe that they can be. um, That's uh, Catholic.
2: I'm talking about Christian. Well, what's and, Christian today? Because you
6: have Catholics, Orthodox, Mormons. Very,
2: very, very fair. I'm, I'm, what you? I'm just a biblical Christian. I just read the Bible. Okay. Not popes, not councils, not traditions. Just the Bible, and what I believe based on the Bible is not even close to what you just described. I'll give you another, Please. another method here. All right. Would you consider yourself to be a good person?
6: Yes, I try.
2: Okay. I'm going to try to take you to court right now. Okay. Right? How many lies have you told in your life? A lot. Okay, so what does that make you? If I told a lot of lies, you'd call me a... Liar. A liar. How many things have you stolen in your life? Not a lot. Well, but that would still make you a... Thief. A thief. All right, it gets a little trickier. Jesus, right. you know who he is. Definitely, We have of a difference course. of opinion about who he is, but... He's a prophet. Well, he's more than that. We think that he's priest and king and that he's God Definitely. himself. But Jesus okay. said, You've heard it said of old, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say, if you look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. Because God sees the thought life, the intentions, and the desires of our heart. Now, whether sitting here for X number of minutes or today on campus, how many times have you looked at a woman and lusted?
6: Well, I never thought of it that way. But, I mean, if you put it that way, a lot, obviously. Because
2: God, He knows everything. And He knows everything we do in darkness. And that's why I said
6: when I started that I would keep my final destiny up to God's mercy and not to my doing.
2: But here's here's what I'm trying to share with you. Please. If God judged you based on your performance, if He's just, there's no doubt about what He would do with you.
6: But see, that's the thing. The thing. You'd be is, guilty. Very true. But to, to us, we believe that life on earth is only a test to determine your life in eternity. So,
2: okay, but right, right now, I just asked you three questions. Right. You failed the test. But that is not the
6: whole test. It's actually...
2: Hold on one second. I got to take a break. You sit tight. We'll finish up our little chat. Sitting here at Georgia Tech, it's a beautiful day. Can you tell me your first name?
6: My name is Sam. Sam! I
2: expected (laughs) something different. I'm sitting here with Sam the Muslim (laughs)
1: on Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. A Minnesota woman has won $180,000 from a lawsuit she filed against a Minnesota hospital for denying her a job because she's deaf. She attempted to get the job during COVID, and because she would be unable to read lips behind masks, the hospital did not hire her. Now the 26-year-old has been awarded $180,000 from the hospital. And if you can believe it, the New York Times actually published an opinion piece with this quote. DEI, that's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Trainings, are designed to help organizations become more welcoming to members of traditionally marginalized groups. The only problem, there's little evidence that many of these initiatives work. Again, that's from an article written and published in the New York Times. Microsoft recently revealed that it will be laying off somewhere around 10,000 employees over the next few months to reduce costs amid, quote, a challenging economic climate. And here I am believing the media when they say it's the best economy we've ever had. A diocese based in Iowa has implemented a new policy that bans congregants from using preferred pronouns and requires them to use bathrooms corresponding to their biological sex. That's going to cause some problems, and not just from the public on the outside. i got a feeling it's going to cause some pushback within this Catholic church. Well, according to a new Barna survey, a majority of parents, 75% of churched parents of children ages 5 to 14, say they believe children's ministries should be addressing current events and difficult subjects. I could be wrong on this, but I just don't think parents need to rely on the church to address difficult subjects. That's our job, isn't it? More Regid Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. <laughs>
0: books of the bible ephesians was written by paul to the churches around ephesus it is about who christians are and how they live when we are in christ we are made alive reconciled to god and united with other believers in the church if you are struggling in your walk with christ perhaps it is time to revisit what christ has done for you and who you are in him This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
2: This is Witness Wednesday. It's Wretched Radio, and I'm sitting here at Georgia Tech with Sam on the steps. He's a Muslim, and dude, we were chatting about the difference between Islam, your understanding about how to get to heaven, and my Christian understanding. Mm -hmm. All right? I want to kind of summarize for you what I was trying to do with you. I was trying to hold up the mirror of God's law to you so that you could see yourself the way that God sees you. In other words, have you lied? You're a liar. If you've stolen, you're a thief. If you've looked with lust, you're an adulterer at heart, is what Jesus said. The Bible says that if you are angry with somebody, Jesus said, you're in danger of the judgment. You're a murderer at heart. Because if you just get darked at somebody without cause, God sees your heart life. Now, granted, doing the sins are greater than thinking the sins, but they're still sins, and God sees it all. So if you died, Sam, and God judged you based on the standard of perfection, no doubt about it, you'd be guilty, right? And if a criminal stood before the judge and said, but judge, I've done some good things, the judge would say, it's not relevant to your court case. You've broken the laws. You're guilty. Off the jail with you.
6: But that's the difference between a criminal and being judged by a judge and a person, a human being, being judged by God is that, one, that criminal actually did the action. It was not just the intention. And But two, you've
2: done those things, right? Definitely. Okay, and two, two,
6: the intentions can be repented through good deeds.
2: But the actions... And I'm not God. Let me reason with you about repenting through good deeds. Imagine a criminal standing before the judge and saying, Judge, I raped a woman, and then I murdered a child. And I stole money from that bank. Okay. And you know, he's guilty, for sure. He's, right? done,
6: he's done the deeds.
2: He's he, done the deeds. But he says, but Judge... I have done some good things. I gave some of that money to charity. I've helped little children with their art projects for school. And some women I have been very kind to. I paid for dinner every time I dated a woman and didn't rape her. The judge would say, what are you, are you kidding me? This has nothing to do with breaking the laws. Don't bribe me with your good works. I'm offended. He's, judge, judge, I washed your car on the way in. The judge says, you're blackmailing me. I may just judge you're guilty. I must punish you.
6: Exactly, and that's why he is a human judge, not God. So God is less than human when it comes to justice? He is more than human. He is actually, he is so just. Let me tell you something. He's so just he'll punish liars. See, here's the thing also that we believe in that I don't actually know the uh, Christianity's perspective on that. One, we believe that if you go to hell, you don't need to spend eternity in hell. You could go to hell for a certain amount of time, repent, okay, I, I, and then I, 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 you, you that's would be not sent very, to heaven.
2: Let's say the court case is life. Okay. Right? Can the criminal go to jail and say, But, Judge, I'm sorry, and have his sentence shortened? Of course not. Repentance, saying you're sorry, is something that you should do, but it doesn't forgive the crime. The thing is with God that He
6: actually knows the real intentions. So if somebody know, but your intentions have been bad, Sam. Not all of my intentions. Doesn't matter. And that's actually it does because that's the I I mean, see I'm not God himself, so I can't really tell you how I'm gonna be judged. But, asking, but I can tell I'm you, you that relative yourself. relative to everybody else on earth, yes I will be judged fairly. Fairly
2: Okay, okay but it's not compared to other people. Right? The fairness standard is the standard of the judge, not compared to this woman or exactly, me. Exactly,
6: but... It's the judge's standard. According to our human judges, that standard changes over time as but more people choose it. it's not
2: human standard. It. Now, does God say that lying is always At, wrong?
6: According to God, yeah. Actually, he, here's the thing. God says lying in general is, lo- is wrong, but sometimes you can use a lie to correct something, okay, such as but, a white lie. Okay, but you've lied in a wrong
2: way, Of right? course. Okay, that law doesn't change. You'll be judged. And if you've told 17 and I've told 22, it doesn't make any difference to the judge. You've broken the law.
6: I have broken the law, and that's a sin. And and the way that we believe in it is that you get a counter of sins and then a counter of good deeds. And if
2: Okay, I'm reasoning and, with you on this whole good deeds thing. Okay, think uh-huh. about this. This makes sense. Good deeds don't remove guilt. And we can reason pretty well how God might treat us. And I'm trying to reason with you right now. See... This is
6: logical. This is reasonable. Actually, it's not logical. Because technically speaking, I told you as well, if somebody did only good deeds in their life, and the only sin that they did was ask God to judge them based on their actions, they would go to hell, according to my personal belief. That is because...
2: Alright, then we've entered a new phase here. Now here's our challenge. Right. right. So let's say we're standing before God, and you say that He's merciful. So here's here's guilty Sam standing before the judge. If the judge just says, I'm going to be merciful, let's say I've never done, I haven't done as many bad things as Sam. I'd be mad. Hey, judge, what are you doing letting him go? That's not merciful, that's corrupt, judge. Sam, Uh God can be merciful only if justice is satisfied.
6: But exactly, and that's why I said he is fair.
2: No, to be merciful without justice being satisfied, without your fine being paid, is unjust. That's not merciful that's corrupt
6: and you said it without my fine being paid
2: how did your fine get paid as a Muslim? who's paid your fine
6: that I would be paying my own fine by going partially to jail or hell in that case okay and then going back to life or heaven in that case okay
2: let me share with you something that is a better plan all right Please. and this is what I believe as a Christian Please you can do with this as you see fit you're guilty. You're standing before the just judge. He knows your thought life, your deeds, everything about you, Sam. I mean, imagine that for a second. And if the judge is just, he should give you what you deserve. And that is a very long prison sentence. But because he's infinitely holy and just, your prison sentence should be infinite. So you should infinitely be punished by an infinite God because your crimes have violated his infinitely high standard.
6: Well, hang in there. I... Just hang in there for a Please, second. Okay, on.
2: you're very polite. Thank you for that. But now, if he just dismisses your case, he is not just. He's corrupt. He is. Oh, he's turning a blind eye to justice, and that is God's character does not allow for that. But if somebody stepped into the courtroom and said, "Judge, I love Sam, and I took Sam's punishment for him. The wrath that Sam should receive." i'll take it then the judge can say sam's fine has been paid i can dismiss his court case because justice has been satisfied that is how mercy and justice can coexist that sam is the good news of the gospel we believe that jesus will step in for you on judgment day because he died on the cross for your sin let
6: me tell you even something very close to that and i'll show you how much we are close yet Unfortunately according to the media today no, they show us as totally to the Quran different in the Bible. We're very no, far no, apart. No, no, actually excuse me. Our prophet would also say that at many times while fighting against those that do not believe in you God, Christians helped us. Jews helped us. Buddhists who might not call him God or Allah, they call him Buddha. They also helped us. In different occasions, these people are the people that our prophet and your prophet and all the prophets that ever came to earth that we believe will step in and take all of their sins away. So to us, it's not about Christianity or Islam. These are words. These don't mean anything. Sam,
2: do you believe that Jesus Christ is God?
6: No, you don't. Do you believe that Jesus died on a cross? Here's what I believe. I believe that Jesus' body died on the cross, but we believe that Jesus is so divine right. that God actually rose his soul up to the heavens and replaced it with an right. angel. But that, that see, then we're diff- see how different we are. See, no, but we are different on the fundamentals. That's the big stuff. That is the big stuff. But let me tell you. But 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 on the core values, on the core values, and in the end, what is religion? Religion is a barrier for people on Earth, for them to be able to do good deeds. it, It depends
2: on what's true. I want to leave you with this thought. Okay, you were trying to defend yourself in hopes that maybe there would be a a chance for you what i tried to share with you you got no shot sam you're
6: guilty just like the rest but but here's here's what i here's as as my closing thought is
2: but i haven't finished my closing thought but i'm gonna let you
6: finish it but see this is the thing and i respect you very much and you are actually very good at what you do but unfortunately today in america especially in america but all around the world too media changes the way things are and you have cut me at very key points to make your point. What I want people to think about is that what you believe in is what matters. Not what your priests, not no. what the society... It depends on what's true, Sam. No, but see, nobody knows what's true. Because but, nobody was there 2,000 years even ago.
2: if that's the case, it's irrelevant. Whether I know the truth or not, it's either true or it isn't. It makes no difference whether I'm understanding it or not. It's either true or it's false. And what I was trying to share with you is actually good news. You've broken God's laws, but Jesus paid the fine for you, an incredible act of kindness. See, your religion, and I would have to say every religion in the world besides Christianity, even Roman Catholicism, teaches you've got to do good to get to heaven. The Bible says nobody does good, not one. We all deserve God's wrath, but in his mercy and his kindness and in justice, he sent his son to live the perfect life that you and I couldn't live, took the punishment that you deserve so that your sins could be completely forgiven and Sam could even be seen as righteous before a holy God it's the good news of the gospel and Sam if you ever get to the point in your life where that fear overwhelms you and you realize if God gives me what I deserve I'm in such big trouble then turn to the Savior cast your sins on him put your trust in him forsaking all idols and he will forgive you and grant you everlasting life you can't work your way there he did it for you it is by grace alone through faith alone in jesus alone now that's either true or it's false if it's if it's false you don't worry about it because it's just not an issue and you better start working really hard to make up for that 50 50 okay but if it's true I'm dead, black and white but if it's true then you're in big trouble because you don't have your sins forgiven Life is not black and white. But God is.
6: No, no, actually, All no. Right.
2: Okay. Sam, you're a gentleman. Appreciate it very much. Shake hands. Have a good one. All right. See you. Goodbye. Thank you. Islam says work, and maybe Christianity says grace, and definitely it's Witness Wednesday. Wretched Radio. For your consideration not one but two ways that you could strengthen the local global church the masters academy international training men in los angeles who then return to their home countries and open up mini seminaries to train pastors in their native land that strengthens the local church but there's another way you can do just that We are partnering with the Masters Academy International to send Bibles to the Philippines, not just any Bible, MacArthur Study Bibles to believers in TMAI-trained churches. These efforts strengthen the local church. Would you please consider how many Bibles you might send how many seminaries you might support overseas. To learn more, visit wretched.org slash pastor or if you like the Bible sending idea wretched.org slash Bible.
1: Hey, thank you for listening to Wretched Radio today. Well, mark the date February 1st in your calendars because that's when Season 2 of Transformed is set to launch. Season 1, of course, was a hit, and you don't have to be very smart to realize why. It's because biblical counseling works. The Bible has the answers to all of our issues. Depression, anxiety, OCD, addiction, whatever malady you happen to be facing at the moment, biblical counseling can and will solve your issue, not just slap a secular band-aid on it. Season two of Transform is coming February 1st. And of course, it's only possible because of your support. Actually, the support of our gospel partners is what makes everything around here possible. We couldn't do any of this without you. So would you log on to Wretched.org donate now to find out how you could become an ongoing monthly Wretched gospel partner. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel.
2: Just because Roe v. Wade is overturned, that does not mean the battle for life is over. Would you please consider supporting Reborn Ministries, providing ultrasounds that genuinely save lives?
7: That ultrasound changed everything for me. It really did. That
3: made it all worthwhile to know that I was going to have a little blessing. And when she got here, it was just,
0: oh my gosh.
2: (laughs) another woman who chooses life because she saw an ultrasound her life and obviously her baby's life changed
3: when i heard her heartbeat i decided to keep her and now my daughter's about to be three i don't know where my life would be without
2: her the war for life continues to rage would you please engage in the battle and support pre-born centers at prebornorg org slash wretched dot slash wretched
0: of Christ. In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called the firstborn. Jesus was the firstborn from death, resurrected that we may have life, and He is the firstborn over all creation, the preeminent Son, through whom we are adopted as sons and daughters of God the Father. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Well, it's sort
2: of Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. I'm at Georgia Tech. It just so happens, talk about Providence, there's a conference going on here called the Diacoinia Federation. These are deaconesses and deacons from all over the world. It looks like from the ELCA, Presbyterians and Methodists, getting together to talk about different issues. And I'm sitting inside of the student center, inside of a classroom, with a lady whose name is? Glory Dharmaraj. Thank you very much. You are teaching a seminar on the slave trade, correct? Human trafficking. Human trafficking. What is human trafficking?
5: Human trafficking is abducting people across the boundaries with coercion, force, promising them a better life, and uh, putting them to sexual slavery and other kinds of exploitations.
2: All right, so let's, let's, let's break it up between sexual slavery and other types of exploitations. What are the other types of exploitations?
5: putting them in uh, some industrial plant or some company uh, maybe sometimes meat packing industries and uh, sometimes farms where these people are exploited and
2: uh, give me a typical day now i know it's probably different but give me a typical day for somebody who is sold into slavery that way how many hours do they work a day
5: it is beyond the time approved by the state. So it is that they are sold for 24 hours. They are sold uh, as bonded slaves sometimes. It occurs because sometimes the families in the global south cannot afford to bring them up. So sometimes families sell them or on their own. These people. So some are, are
2: kidnapped, but some are sold. Some are sold. What countries? Where is this happening predominantly? What are the big three?
5: I I, I would look at uh, uh, the worldwide uh, uh, trafficking. About six hundred thousand to eight hundred thousand people are trafficked worldwide, and. Uh, about seventy percentage of people are trafficked across international borders.
2: And, uh, and and the state, the countries of origination. What countries is this? Is it Africa, India? Where is this happening predominantly?
5: It it it, it happens. It's a, it's a worldwide exploitation. Uh, in the context of India, people are brought from Nepal. And in the context of US, people from all over the world come here seeking a better life. And often these people are trafficked into US. For instance, 18,000 to 20,000 people are trafficked into US alone. Every year? Yes, every
2: year. Mostly men or women?
5: Mostly women, but boys are included also. But boys
2: are included also. Okay. Mm. The sex trade. Mm. These are women who, do their families sell them into this?
5: In some cases, very poor families do that in the global south.
2: Okay. But we're going to hope that most of them are kidnapped, as terrible as that is. Yes. And they are brought into the sex trade. I've heard that Atlanta Mm. is a hub Mm. because of the international airport. Mm. That a lot of them come through Atlanta. Is that correct?
5: Uh, that is my understanding. Yeah. But there are other airports as sure. well. Yes. All right.
2: And these women basically are worked as prostitutes for somebody, I presume.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, do you happen to know any numbers in the United States? How big of a problem? I mean, one is a problem. But how how many people in the United States are have been kidnapped and sold into the sex slave trade? Do you have any idea?
5: Uh, The number I have is, according to UN Population Fund, 18,000 to 20,000 are trafficked into U.S. alone.
2: Per year. And what what is the age range of the women who are brought into the States? What is the youngest that you have heard about?
5: The youngest could be 13, 14 sometimes. And uh, worldwide, percentage of children are under
2: 18. Thank you very much for taking some time to share that with us. Right? Thank you very much. All right, we are here at the Student Center Now, downstairs from that classroom on human trafficking, there is a lecture being given called Biblical Storytelling, or as the sign says, Biblisches Geschichten led by Rebecca Mitchell. This is a topic I've been intrigued by. We've been hearing more and more people say, stop with the theology teaching and the the intricate detail of doing verse by verse in the Bible and tell stories, because people can't get that other stuff. Happen to be standing here now with her, Rebecca, thank you very much for, for taking just a moment to be yes, with us. Indeed. You're going to be teaching biblical storytelling. Yes. Okay, what does that mean?
7: In a postmodern era, people are not looking for information as much as they are looking for experience. They don't necessarily need to know the reason for life or the purpose of life as much as they want to have a wonderful experience of living. So, for the theology, which is pertinent, but the experience comes more clearly through to them in a story. Uh, One scholar says, the shortest distance between a human being and truth is a story, which I think must explain partly why Jesus told so many stories. I believe that if we were to tell the stories in our churches, in our Sunday school classes, rather than read them... People would be more brought into the stories. When you read the story, you generally have a podium, a book. It's a barrier between you and the listener. But when you're telling the story and there's nothing between, you have the story by heart, then you can just draw the listener into the story.
2: Do you think it's that they are incapable of understanding didactic teaching?
7: (laughs) I wouldn't go quite that far, but I would say many of us are lazy listeners, and even readers, we don't read using our imagination very much. When we read the story of the woman who was bent over and healed by Jesus, do we really imagine a woman who was bent double? Probably not. We just slip right over that.
2: So in other words, to help bring out the details, you're saying present it, do we change the details?
7: No. When I learn a story, I learn it straight, word for word, from the Bible. I generally use the New Living Translation because it's very conversational. I want to get away from the Bible that sounds stilted or stuffy. Too many overly polished sentences. Too many overly subordinated clauses. I want to get away from chapter and verse. I want it to sound like, I have this really cool experience. I'd like to tell you about it.
2: Rebecca, make your case because a lot of people would say, for centuries people have been saved through these methods. Teaching, opening up a Bible, reading the Bible versus faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God.
7: Ah, there you go. Faith comes from hearing. The first century did not read it. In the Roman ancient Roman times, scholars say less than ten percent of the people could read and write. They heard the stories. This was true for generations.
2: Okay, but was- I'm, I'm I'm separating individual scripture reading. I'm just trying to make that. Just I want you to flush this out for me. I want you to make the case. People in the past, they've sat in pews, they've heard teaching, they've understood truths, they got it. What makes this generation so unique?
7: It's I think it's the postmodern era. The the postmodern where truth is relative. If there is anything that That's is right, truth right, at right, all, right. so how do you how do you get a person to understand truth? It has to be truth that is true for me. I how understand. do they how do they get that other than by a personal experience? And with a biblical story, we can introduce people not just to the Bible, but to Jesus because Jesus is the one who can change their lives. Right,
2: how would you turn that into a story? Basically, how would you present the gospel in a story form?
7: Almost any story in scripture would do us that. We could tell the story of Adam and Eve and the fall. We could tell the story of of the birth of Isaac. We could tell the story of uh, David. Being so you're
2: saying don't create like Aesop's fables. You're saying tell the Bible oh, stories. Oh, no, no,
7: no, no, I'm not, I don't embellish the story. I don't enlarge the story. I don't add details. Okay, I so, learn it word okay, for word. Okay, so,
2: so you're just talking about method of presentation,
7: Yes, but but you hear it differently if it is told to you than if it is read to you.
2: Is okay. Is that the is that the major thrust of what you're saying? Are you saying anything more than tell it like it, like you just saw the accident? and You're telling exactly what happened. You tell the story like it's a real deal. Is that all if, you're saying? If
7: it is in my heart, if I have internalized this story, if I know this story so well that it is as if it happened to me. And I tell it to someone else. They can catch that enthusiasm. They can get the details. They can it becomes more it alive for them
2: as opposed to yes. da-dun, 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 That's right.
7: That's right. All right. Most of us who hear Scripture read in church don't hear it read necessarily well or in an inviting way. Uh, so this brings people in. I believe that the Word of God is alive. We don't bring life to it. We just try not to kill it.
2: You've been very kind, and I'm very grateful for the chat. Thank you Thank very you. much. Thank All right, you very much. Goodbye. All right. Let's keep chewing on that one, shall we? Again, as I mentioned to this woman, Rebecca, I'm at a, at a, at a seminar, not intentionally. <laughs> just kind of tripped into it at Georgia Tech here on Witness Wednesday. And I've been hearing from some people who are conservative saying, yeah, that, but I have heard more but based on what you just heard this teacher say, huh? thumbs up or thumbs down. Now again, I've heard some people go outside of those bounds and turn it into something different, but based on what I just heard, I I can't think of a fault with that. Say it as if you were reporting something that just happened to your child at the dentist office. Fascinating. Look at look at everything we learned today. You'd think we actually planned this show. <laughs> <laughs> Till tomorrow go serve your king